Welcome back to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. In case anyone doesn't know yet, 2019 is a great year for music. Last week welcomed in new singles from Taco Cat, Mal Blum, and Boston Marriage, which I'm hooked on. If you're not into these bands already, you'd best feast your ears ASAP. <laughs> Between these bands and the ones who reach out to me for the podcast, it's like every day is New Music Friday, so thank you for that. And speaking of a band that's reached out to me, this week we have a really awesome guest. Um, I'm joined by Chelsea Hahn of Perennial. Perennial is a heavy outfit from Connecticut that stands for all ages shows and matching outfits, especially stripes. Chelsea is an advocate for playing spaces that are accessible to people of all backgrounds and diverse lineups, on top of being a brilliant organ player. We talk about all of this and future plans for the band in this week's episode. So let's get to it, listen to some more Perennial, and hear from Chelsea. Welcome, Chelsea, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. It is so exciting to talk to you and talk to you about all things perennial. How are things going? Great. Uh, thanks so much, Amanda. I'm really happy to be here. So thanks again for having me. Absolutely. It's exciting to be able to talk to you. Ever since you sent over your music, I literally have not stopped listening. It's been so awesome. <laughs> That's very sweet. <laughs> Well, I would just want to go ahead and get the ball rolling and start talking to you about all the awesome things that you're doing. Uh, but before all that, I want to find out a little bit about how you got involved in music. Sure. Oh, yeah. That is a common question that you ask people. I should. <laughs> um, uh, well, so I was in, this is really like my second band. Um, I was in a band called Lion Cub before. Um, 
like from 2009 to 2011. And then there was a little bit of a gap. And then um, Chad, who is the guitarist of Perennial, and he was also the guitarist in Lion Cub, uh, was like, let's start another band. And I was like, no, I don't know, because Lion Cub was my first band and I really loved it. And I was really sad when we kind of stopped doing it. Um, and so, yeah, but I didn't really grow up doing music uh, so much as, but I did go to see music a lot as when I was younger. Um, and my brother was making music, but I never took, I never took like formal lessons as a kid. Um, I did take a few, a few piano lessons, uh, probably about 10 years ago, but mm -hmm. Um, and when I was really little, I think this is something that sort of speaks to the fact that I was eventually going to go into music. But when I was really little, I was really obsessed with musicals and I was really obsessed with this, um, this like Fisher Price recording machine that I had. And I recorded things and I would sing and do all like weird found sound stuff when I was like five um, that I really loved. And I like to think that that kind of led me led me to music eventually. Yeah, it was like you're almost like early beginnings of doing that art noise then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think um, that that's fun. I'm really glad that I make music now, but it was it was sort of a untraditional path. I didn't grow up making music um, formally or anything. No, the, the, everybody has their different journey to making music and stuff and getting involved. Yeah. Do you remember, like, maybe, like, the first, like, band that got you really excited about just following music? Um, there were a lot of bands that I used to go see when I was in high school um, as, like, a major, like, nerdy fan, and I made lots of shirts and things uh, following them. I guess one of the funny things that I did uh, that got me excited about music um, was, and I'm going to age myself here a little, is um, when I was in high school, I was really into the Foo Fighters, and that was when they were good. Um, oh, hell yeah. And my cousin and I, uh, we made a Foo Fighters Friday, and we, like, my mom rented us some, like, HBO, like, special uh, concert that they did, and we made shirts and, like, signs and all this stuff, and is like really obsessed with Dave Grohl <laughs> um, and I think that that was a band that like I followed for a long time um, it's definitely not like my first you know musical experience but um, definitely that something that was something that was like pretty shaping for me was just to like fully like uh, make it an, an event and something really special that's really fun, though. I mean, getting behind a band and going all out and, like, geeking <laughs> out is just so much fun. I used to do that, too, but I was, like, I mean, I loved the Foo Fighters for sure. Uh, yeah. But I remember really, really getting into, um, like, pop punk in particular. So, like, that mid-2000s era of just, like, Fueled by Ramen pop punk was, like, my jam for a long time. Yeah, that reminds me. Um Actually, Chad, our guitarist, and I were in high school together, and um, we had Spanish class together, and he burnt me a copy of um, 
an Alkaline Trio album that I probably oh, nice. listened to more than any other album ever. Um, and so that was that was another thing that's much cooler than Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't judge. If anything, it's like there's so many different like ways that people find interest in music, whether it's like a band that's a little more popular, it always becomes a gateway to something else that gets you really excited. And next thing you know, you're like yeah. involved the way that we are with like independent music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish that I was um, a person that went to like house shows when I was a teenager. Same. Um, but I didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> There were some all-ages venues um, that I was able to go to. Uh, I grew up in Western Mass, and there's a lot of good all-ages venues there. So I was able to see music before I was 18, so that's really important. No, that's awesome. I, It's so neat whenever you have that kind of accessibility to all-ages music and stuff. I know for me it was like... I wasn't going to my first shows until I was almost done with high school. And even then they were more like venue shows and stuff. I don't think I found my way into DIY until it was like in college. So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool that I always love hearing about different people's experiences, getting to actually kind of be involved in that and like see the DIY spaces and see all the yeah. shows. Yeah. I went to a lot of VFW shows and things like that when I was in high school. Thanks to, um, thanks to our guitarist, Chad, cause we were, like best friends in high school and so and he was playing in a bunch of different bands then so I was able to you know I would go out to those shows and sort of sort of see him play and and actually our drummer Will was playing in high school too and we knew him back then uh he didn't go to the same high school as us but we saw him play a lot too so they've the two uh, my two bandmates have been musical uh people that I saw play music for a long time. So that was nice. That's really cool. Cause then you get to see each other, like kind of cut your teeth on playing music in that sense. Absolutely. And that, I mean, music brought the three of us together for sure. That's really cool. Um, what motivated you to say, Hey, I actually want to play music now. Uh, it was really, well, I think probably, um, reading girls to the front and reading this band could be your life were really helpful mm-hmm. in sort of helping me recognize that like, Oh, as a woman, I can actually be in a band as well. Um, which is like crazy to think, but when, you know, when I was in high school, I really don't remember seeing anybody, but like white cis dudes in the scene. Um, yeah. and so I didn't even like, consider it as something that I could do and because I didn't grow up playing music like playing an instrument or something it wasn't really something I thought of as something to do um yeah so yeah because at some point you kind of you don't realize that you're holding yourself back in that sense I feel because it's like you don't see yourself so you don't think of yourself as being capable of being able to play music and do the same things that you know these people you admire are doing yeah exactly like it definitely seemed like when I was you know if I met bands that I wasn't friends with when I was younger you know I would just like be like oh my god you know like they're famous you know but (laughs) it was just like they're kind of probably just everyday people like they're just 
this is their or the art form that they express themselves through. Yeah, it's amazing whenever you start to kind of, I feel like as you begin to play music and meet people who are playing music, you start to realize, I'm like, oh yeah, they're just regular people. If they yeah. can do it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really special and awesome to hear. So you've known your bandmates since high school. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> That's really awesome. You grew up in the in the same scene in that sense. Uh, how did Perennial end up starting? Uh, well, it was like I said earlier. Um, Chad was like, "Let's make, let's like re, you know, let's get into being a band again." Mm -hmm. And um, I want to make like some heavier stuff. And I was like, "All right, like you know." Eventually, I was like, "Yeah, I guess I'll do it. Like, why not? I'm not in another band. I miss doing it." Um, and then we found Will, uh, and he's an incredible drummer. And Chad and Will were in a band together in the past too. So, uh, and he lived close by, so it worked out that we could all do it. Um, so yeah, it was sort of just like a process of finding everybody who was willing to be involved. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And you really found this special, unique sound I've only heard maybe a handful of bands uh, <laughs> really master where it's like, it's, it's like this artistic, like hardcore heavy vibe to it. Um, but I mean, how would you describe the sound that you've kind of cultivated as perennial? Yeah, uh, well, we often say that we're art punk mm -hmm. um, or, or like post-hardcore art punk. It really depends on like who we're talking to. Sure. You know, if I'm talking to someone who doesn't really know much about music or like wouldn't understand really specific terms about music, I just say like, oh, I'm in a punk band or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think art punk is probably my favorite way to describe us. Um, yeah, but we can definitely be, like, pretty heavy at, at times, and it's really fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It sounds like it's just, like, so many great sounds that you're putting together as Perennial, and uh, it, it's just, I'm wondering, what influenced your sound? Were there any bands that you were all listening to, or any particular kind of, like, just heavy sounds you were going for as you were starting to write music? Oh, that's a good question. Um, we all actually have a sort of a different um, background in, in what music we really love and listen to personally. Um, but I think that we were sort of thinking of, uh, you know, like the DC 90s era bands such as like Fugazi and thinking about, um, you know, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Black Eyes is a band that we really like. Um, that we would, you know, that we would definitely say influenced us. Of course, um, also Blood Brothers and Refused, um, bands like that. We were sort of thinking about bands that um, aligned with what we wanted to sort of say and be ethically mm -hmm. as well as sound-wise. Um, and then we sort of, you know, threw some like weird other stuff and found sounds in there too. Um, and kind of combine all, all of our different backgrounds. Um, yeah, and then, you know, and we all sort of write parts that are for each other too, which is really nice. Um, yeah. It's great to be in a band with people that I've been friends with for like 15 years, so. Yeah, at that point. 
<laughs> yeah, at that point, you're able to really just like, I'm sure bounce ideas off of each other pretty easily and just kind of build yeah. upon each other's interests musically. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't know if there's like one band that we all like really love that we were like, let's just make a copy of this band. But I think we kind of bring in a lot of different styles um, and, and you know, things that we love. I love that. And that's, I feel like what makes a really strong band is when you're able to bring that all together, write together and come up with something that's like totally unique. Thank you. Yeah. I, I hope that it comes across that way. Oh, it does to me. That's for sure. <laughs> so I know you said that you played with Chad for a while and that Chad and Will played together for a while as well. But what was the first perennial show like where you were all together? Uh, oh, oh my gosh. Well, our first show ever was a little weird. It was actually back in, I think we had two shows in 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, that was not a show that we were really anything like how we are today. Um, I definitely was really nervous and like kind of froze up um, just because it had been a little while since I had played. Um, but, you know, we made it through our set. And then, you know, as time went on, we sort of honed in on our styles. So we always wear matching outfits um, and we like just move as much as physically possible during the whole set um so that's something that we kind of like got um more comfortable doing as we as we you know progressed so we didn't start matching until maybe six months or something in um but now it like is our signature i think if we showed up to a show and we were wearing different clothes, people would be like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I think um, our energy is something that really is something that we value and sets us apart. Um, we, we really basically don't stop moving our whole set. Maybe someday we will come down to Florida and you can see us. Yes, please. That would be amazing. I'm actually like, I just pulled up a picture really quick because I wanted to see and I'm like, okay, the matching outfits are totally a thing because you wear like the same shirts <laughs> and stuff. And like, yeah. that's really cool. Like, how do you coordinate? I mean, I know this, this is such a <laughs> question, but I'm like super curious about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, so we have a band uh, group chat, uh, text message chat. Um, that's oh, like, beautiful. it's mostly Simpsons memes. Um, <laughs> Or it's like black and white stripes today. Um, so we, we have a couple different sets. So we don't do laundry like every day. Um, if we're playing a couple shows in a row kind of thing. Um, so we just, you know, we just check in. Because uh, otherwise we would probably all show up with different stripes shirts on. That's so funny. Are stripes the most common thing that y'all match with? Yeah, we have, um, we have black and white stripes, gray and white, red and gray pink and blue. I think that's everything. So yeah, we have a couple different stripes. Uh, oh, and we got an orange and red one recently too. So nice. So when you tour, you have to pack a suitcase and just put like all of the matching outfits together. Exactly. It's super easy. <laughs> it's actually like, um, it's maybe it appears to be like 
nerdy to some, I don't know, but it's really nice and it helps because then you don't have to worry like, oh, am I wearing like the coolest outfit I have? You're just like, all right, this is the perennial outfit. We're going. (laughs) I love it. You're not trying to do like cred either at that point because like you're not trying to be like, who's got the coolest band shirt or the most ironic looking outfit kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it felt kind of funny the first time. I remember the first show that we were all matching, and I was like, oh, my God. And sometimes if we go to, like, a diner or something or a gas station <laughs> after a show, people are like, what the hell? And so we usually have, like, a sweatshirt or something with us. Um, but in the summertime, it's probably, you know, the most um, obvious when we're matching. People do, like, double takes. But so funny i would see if it was the stripes i'd i'd be i'd be joking with people all the time if i were in that band doing that oh yeah yeah we're like a white stripes cover band you know (laughs) (laughs) we did cover the white stripes actually for really (laughs) that's awesome they have a lot of words in their songs so it was very challenging oh Um, they do it's it's ridiculous (laughs) yeah compared to our our actual songs i was like damn you jack white fun but we we um what was I gonna say about the shirts I don't know it doesn't matter (laughs) that's cool though that you've like grown as not only performers but as fashionistas too (laughs) yeah oh that's what I was gonna say sometimes people like often people don't notice that we're matching until like we're done with our set which I don't (laughs) understand how you can't see three people matching but that's fine um and they you know they're like oh you guys match and we go like oh what we do or or something like really cheesy like that um that was all Will's idea uh he's he's good at those sarcastic jokes so oh shit we're matching this song (laughs) oh damn it we didn't even plan that like Obviously, we did. How could we all show up with the same weird striped shirt? But (laughs) (laughs) that's so fun. I really like that. And it sounds like y'all have a really great time just goofing off and planning these little details of your set and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, Chad and I were both in um, theater in high school, too. And so we really, I think, we like to be very dramatic and we like the performance aspect of music. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know, that kind of, the outfit sort of, you know, fill in for that as well. Oh, I'm sure. Well, what's your live show like typically? Uh, We play for like about 15 minutes um, and we just go crazy. Yeah. Often we are dripping with sweat. Actually, last weekend, um, I lost a shoe because I go out into the pit or whatever audience is, uh, you know, whatever the audience is doing on the last song. I, I like bring my mic out and sing in in there and it was like just a huge pit and I like my shoe got flat tired and it came off and I was like, all right, I don't have a shoe right now. Oh, my gosh. So, so, you know, like, we really try to have fun with the audience. And it's, like, it's a way better experience for us and hopefully for them when when people are moving and having fun, too. I like the idea of you stepping out into the crowd. I always think it's fun whenever bands do that and just, like, really, like, get into it. And they make you feel like you're yeah. part of the show then. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, often it's like I go up to like a a friend in the audience and I'm just like screaming in their face or something because it's fun (laughs) because it's like how I perform is really quite opposite of how I actually am like in everyday life. So it's kind of a fun uh, dichotomy for them to see maybe. Oh, I'm sure because they're used to more of your personality like day to day than versus like your stage persona, if you will. Right. Right, exactly. That's so cool. And that's one of the fun things about art is you're able to like perform and show so much of things that you don't ordinarily do. And I mean, musically, I feel like that's one of the best parts. And I feel like I experienced so much of that listening to the Cemetery of Autumn Leaves. It was such a fun record to unpack and listen to. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I would say being in a band gave me so much confidence and it like helped me find my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped me, you know, um, sort of better understand my need for feminism um, and all sorts of fun things like that. So it's, it's been like a really great experience. Um, if you had told me a couple of years ago that I was going to be singing in a band, I would say that that is literally the scariest thing in the entire world. Um, and so with some encouragement from Chad and Will, I was, you know, I sort of overcame that, but um, growing up, my parents would be like, stop singing if I was singing along to things. Because <laughs> my singing voice is not great. It's, you know, it's more screaming anyway. Um, and so I had some like, past, sort of like past trauma to get over to, <laughs> to be able to sing. And so it's really great to have gotten past that and then sort of feel really empowered from, from it. And um, one other thing that we do in our live um in our live shows is we really try to be really positive. We, we, you know, we try to make sure that we're thanking every band and the promoter and the venue and, you know, whoever else is involved. And we also try to really um, be positive and really encourage people to make their own art and, you know, do things that they're happy with doing um, and not like waste their lives in, in capitalism. Um, but like to just like pursue something that you want to do. Um, and that's really important to us. Yeah, definitely. Cause it's like at that point you're helping make music accessible to people who may have otherwise felt like they weren't capable of it. Mm-hmm. And anytime that someone comes and talks to me um, at like our merch table after a show, I am, you know, I'm always like trying to hear their story, what they do, you know, what they love. If they're in a band, I try to encourage them to be in a band if they're not. Um, you know, I mean, there's a, there's like a zillion bands, but you know, there might be, you know, somebody might have something really important to say that the world would miss out on if they, if they're not making the music too. Definitely. And it's so good that you're encouraging other people to like explore that because that's what we need more diverse voices, just like sharing what their experience is. Exactly. You know, and um, we're three white people, but we're trying to like, we're trying to make sure spaces are accessible. We only play all ages shows, um, you know, and we, I want to see more diversity. There's, that, you know, diversity is going to bring some, some new perspective to the scene. And that's like so needed and important. 
Um, and yeah, so I mean, we we try. We are definitely, you know, there's things we could probably do better. Um, but I think that we do put a lot of effort into um, being inclusive and and really trying to find um, bills and venues that are at least all ages. Um, and ideally, we would play with you know a lineup that is not just all other white people and other dudes um that would be great but it's, you know, it's it's hard to do but it's not impossible so we definitely work on that and I do um I book shows too and I, I you know I have like lists of bands that are not just white cis dudes and I contact all of those bands like every time just just to give them the opportunity to play um it's a very small, small step, but it's something. Well, just the consciousness and being aware that, you know, there's more than just, you know, straight white people out there making music and trying to make right. sure that they get opportunities is a yeah. huge step. And it's, it, I think it's just something, just being conscious and then taking action the way that you're trying to do right. is really important. And if, honestly, if more people who are booking and promoting were doing that, we'd be a shit ton further along than we are right now. Seriously. Well, and like, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the least thing we can do. Oh, I was talking to someone the other day and talking about um, trying to play somewhere. And I said, oh, sorry, we, we only play all ages shows. And then I'm thinking, then I said, it's weird to have to be sorry about that because it's being more inclusive. So like the scene has a lot to work on, even just with thinking about the venues that we access um, and who has access to them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot to do, but we try and we um, have done a lot of, you know, different benefits and, uh, fundraisers and things like that for a lot of different causes. Um, yeah, we're trying to be as inclusive as we can, but, you know, definitely more to do. There's always more to do no matter what platform you're on or what you're working <laughs> on. So just oh, yeah, keep at it. It sounds like you're really putting in some solid effort. Yeah, thank you. Definitely. Well, to kind of switch gears, I want to be able to talk to you about some of your music and some of the songs that you yeah. have out there that are so awesome. Uh, like one of the things that I got kind of excited about listening to, like just the record as a whole, as Symmetry of Autumn Leaves is like, uh, first of all, it's extremely creative. And I feel like you have so many different like, cool themes going on here. Cause it's like, I like that there's like this, like, at times popping in and out themes like darkness and like night and stuff seems to come up a lot. Um, yeah. Is that something that all three of you get really excited about lyrically writing? Yeah. Um, well, uh, yes, I would say we do. Um, Will doesn't generally write lyrics, but he does give us feedback if, mm -hmm. um, you know, if he, if he has a thought like, Oh, that like, that doesn't make sense or something, you know, <laughs> um, or like maybe you should use this word. Um, but yeah, we definitely do a lot. I think we're thinking a lot about time and seasons. Um, that too, this, yeah. um uh, I guess even from the title. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, think that, I think that, um, 
we definitely are are sort of thinking about those things um, as we age and thinking about um, you know our youth and uh, different I don't know and just like the passing of time and you know feeling feeling like you have to take the opportunity when you can um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot to unpack with the lyrics of the album, and I feel like I don't even know if I can answer <laughs> all the details of them, but uh, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much there, and I really enjoyed just that. It seems like from start to finish, and it's fun, especially I think whenever I have the album on repeat, is those opening and closing horns. Yeah. just yeah. so fun to listen to. Um, like... Was that something that you knew you wanted to have when you started writing the album, or was this something that kind of came later? Um, it was, I think that we wanted to have the clarinet or some kind of, um, you know, brass or, or horn type instrument in there. I don't know if it was a conscious effort in terms of, like, thinking of a title for the album and then also, um, you know, putting putting the beginning and end to be the same but the I um you know I think once we came up with the album title we wanted to sort of create a symmetry in um uh, you know in the beginning and ending of of the album to sort of really like make it into one whole package mm-hmm. um, yeah and it was really fun to to be able to record that um my best friend's girlfriend actually recorded clarinet um, for us, and it was really fun to get all those cool squeaks that she she made. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, just the way that the clarinet and all the instruments are just kind of layered with that were just – it was just yeah. so intriguing. Like, uh, I know my ears perk up. My dog's ears both perked up whenever I was, like, <laughs> playing it over speakers and stuff versus, yeah. like, headphones and stuff. And we're all, like – engrossed it's so funny because I feel like it's just immersive I'm I'm like ready to listen to you whenever I hear oh. that introduction and even with that closure I'm like okay let's go for the next round let's do this that's, that's awesome yeah <laughs> I mean I think we wanted to sort of bring a little bit of uh, an element of like controlled chaos um mm-hmm. sort of so we were we had written some of those songs before we started even playing as a band, um, like any shows at all. We had most of them actually written before we started playing, and so it was kind of a long process. The recording process took a while because we did it all ourselves, um, except for the drums, mm-hmm. and so um, we were able to sort of focus on the album and how we are live and we wanted them to be really similar um and so uh you know as we developed our live show to be like really crazy we sort of i think we do an okay job at least um capturing on on the record um how we sound live um so i really like that when bands you know when you go and see them and you're like, oh, yes, I know this exact part of the record. And You know, we um, we definitely can't play as a three-piece all of the record um, live, unfortunately, but um, we definitely work really hard to capture that sound. 
Definitely. I feel like I got so much of the energy was like translating through and I'm just like, I think at one point, particularly when I was listening to songs like, um, Paulita, I was just kind of like, God, just imagine how much like this cranks even louder when they're playing live. Cause I'm just like the, the, yeah. just the pace and the rhythm to it. I was just like this, like, okay, my heart's pounding right now. And I'm really getting into this. I think my coworkers are laughing at me today. Cause I was like jamming really hard to that oh, one. And okay. like, <laughs> It was just really funny, and I'm just kind of like, this slaps right now. I can't imagine a live show, like, honestly. Apollo to live, we usually close with it. Um, yeah. And it is a really fun song to close with because we um, we really, um, poor Will, we just, like, make him play that drum beat for a long time, and we thank everybody, like, over that drum beat. And oh, we, like, wow. He just is, like, just playing the floor tom for, like, for like three minutes before that song thankfully the song's only like a minute and a half long but um <laughs> yeah it's a really it's a really fun song to play live and you know we're sort of thinking about um like mythology and we're thinking about um new england and growing up in new england uh, a lot on the album for sure oh yeah um, yeah and so that hippolyta is a greek god um, and yeah, so that's where we get that from. But that song is really, really fun to play live for sure. Oh, I believe it. Like, I feel like there's just so much energy that I'm sure you push onto the crowd at that point yeah. too. Yeah. You'll have to, I'll have to send you some, uh, YouTube links to our set. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And like, I feel like you get to explore so much with this record too, because um, you do some more of the singing on early sounds for the night owls and stuff. And that, that's mm -hmm. a really great song too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, for symmetry, it was the first time I ever recorded vocals. Um, and so it was like a pretty big deal. Um, and it was a pretty big process. Um, but yeah, the, it's, it's really fun. I'm happy. I'm happy that I was pushed to do it uh, or encouraged to do it. I shouldn't say pushed. It was, it was definitely a very supportive uh, encouragement. <laughs> hey, that's all that matters. And then you got this really awesome product out of it. Um, I, I mentioned songs I like, but what are some of your favorites that came out of this record? Um, I think Foves is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, it's my favorite to play live. Um, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say Foves for now <laughs> as my favorite. Um, I could think, let me think of others. But um, yeah, and we just finished recording LP2 last week. Um, so on February 1st, which was really awesome. Yeah, that is exciting. Uh, yeah, and we, it's been like a really, um, it was a long process, but it's really, really fun. Um, and it's got some sort of like Motown-esque stuff to it, and it's got some weird um, trumpet on it. We have like a lot of different things. Sounds uh, like you did some more experimenting with the way that you wanted yeah. the sounds to just blend into it. Exactly, yeah. So we... It's very similar. I mean, it's like, you wouldn't be shocked that it's another album by us. Um, but I think it is, I think I like it better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that some of the songs sort of hit harder too. 
That's exciting. I can't wait to hear it. Do you have an ETA for it being released? We are, um, we have a lot of mixing and mastering to do, um, and we're talking with labels, so I'm not sure, but I mean, hope definitely this year, that is our goal, um, but I can't, I wish I could say like, oh, hopefully by June, <laughs> that would be nice, but I really have no more information, um, unfortunately, but uh that was a really fun process and we were actually in a studio for it. Um, we recorded with um, Chris Teddy from The World Is Wow. Uh, at Silver Bullet. Yeah, he lives in Connecticut um, and he works at Silver Bullet Studios, um, which is only like an hour away. <clears throat> so we were able to do a lot of the recording, actually all the recording with him. Um, some of the organ parts that I've done um, just did from home because I can like you don't need to mic up amps for that so it's a little easier to play around afterwards um but yeah so we are really happy with how it sounds even though like rough mixes are like really great hey that's really exciting and then promising because then you you just can't wait to hear what the final record is going to sound like oh thank you yeah it's it was a lot of fun um, this, the record, um, LP2, uh, I did a lot more writing, um, on, and I do a lot more singing on, um, and it's, it was really fun to do. Um, even though recording can be like a little bit, um, stressful sometimes, it ended up being like really great and fun, and Chris was really fun to work with, um, so yeah. That's really fun, and I'm so happy to hear that. It'll be amazing when the world gets to hear it, that's for sure. Thank you. We do play some of the songs um, live, so some people will recognize um, quite a few, actually, so that's good. There you go. It's like local teasers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. Uh, well, you have plans to possibly release this record this year. What are some other things you'd like to do in 2019? Oh, yeah. We actually, like, made, like, a whole list of goals because we oh, were, really? like, because we love, we love being in Perennial so much that we were, like, okay, it's time to, like, make sure we're all on the same page and um, make some goals. And so we're going to we're trying to do like a long tour. We're Ooh. trying to get down at least to DC. Um, we're trying to do some like live videos. Uh, we're trying to play, I think 60 shows is our goal, which is probably possible. We do play like five or six a month. Um, so maybe it will be possible. I'm not doing math fast enough for that. That's 60. <laughs> if, you do, if you play five a month, that's 60 for a year. Look at that. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we want to, I, I know I want to like design some new stickers. Um, I got to do some more uh, patches. I've been printing our patches because um, I screen print. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Fun. So fun things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we, I think, if we could play shows like all the time, we would like to do that because it's definitely like the thing I'm thinking about or half working on all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really 
it's great. It definitely gives us like so much happiness and so much life. And, you know, um, like most of our really good friends are fellow band folks. And so it's really just a good time all around. Sounds like it. Well, I hope that you get to hit your goal of 60 shows and get to play with more and more people. It sounds like so much fun. Yeah, it's, it's the best. It really is. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we'll be able to do it. Um, and we're trying to play, you know, with, with some bigger bands again, um, this year, we, last year we were able to play, um, with Calvin Johnson, um, from Beat Happening and K Records. And, um, that was really incredible. Uh, we played with a couple other, a couple other good sized bands. So we're working on that again. That's awesome. Yeah. Always good opportunities. Well, you'll, you'll be familiar with this next question then. Um, and I hope maybe some of the, (laughs) some of your answers will end up being among the 60, but if you oh, could maybe. play with any three musicians or artists, they can be currently active or bring them back from the dead. Who would yeah. <laughs> so I made a list and I crossed it out a couple times. And <laughs> <laughs> my first instinct um, the other day when I was thinking about what to say to this answer was um, Tom Waits because I oh. personally love him a lot. But I don't think I would keep him in my top three. Um, sorry, Tom, but <laughs> I'm not sure if Perennial really fits with you. Not that I'm, I'm not sure if I picked bands that we necessarily fit with, but Ooh, I would love to play with Sonic Youth. Ooh, that would be um, amazing. Fellow, a fellow Western Mass based band in the past. Um, I'd love to play with Nick Cave. Um, that would be incredible. I believe that he puts on a fantastic show. I have yet to see him. And then I would also love to play with the yeah, yeah, yes. But it was really hard to choose just three. I could like list you like 30 bands. <laughs> oh, no. than three. I can imagine, but honestly. <laughs> well, and I was like, look, I was like scrolling through my iTunes and I was like, oh my God, there's so many good bands. <laughs> like, no. Um, so it's a, you know, it's a great problem to have for sure. Oh, definitely. And like, there's just so many great people making music. I know that I think about that question sometimes myself and I'm kind of like, oh my God, could I ever choose? Honestly, (laughs) but it's, it's always interesting to hear. And like, for me, I always feel like so many of those bands are more attainable than a lot of artists realize to be able to play alongside with. Cause it's just like, you know, who's going to hear your record and you're just like, yeah we need to book this band. So that would be great. Yeah. I, I hope Karen O hears us and says yes to that idea and plays yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that they're, I'm not sure that they're touring anymore, but you know, it hasn't been that long so they could, she could do it again. I'm sure that would Just be a you. challenge though, because she's, you know, the yeah, yeah, yeah's are a fantastic band and they put on a really great show. Um, so it would be a good challenge for us. We like when we play with bands that are, that are, you know, like really exciting live. Cause then we're like, all right, we got to step up the game, you know, like, so that's really fun. Um, but we'll see, hopefully 
Hopefully she listens to this all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose I'm my mind if Karen was actually listening to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't blame you at all. For sure. like, what? I didn't. She's the coolest. Seriously. You know what? She might. She probably should, at least. She definitely should. <laughs> that would be sick. You know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so much fun talking to you. Where can everybody keep up with Perennial on the internet? Oh yeah, we are on Instagram and we're on Facebook and we're on Bandcamp. Um, and I believe we are Perennial the Band and all of those, or we are Perennial CT. Um, so either Perennial the Band or Perennial CT. I probably should know that. Um, but yeah, and like look for us in New England because we play shows all over the place as much as possible. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. can you can get our album online from Howling Frequency, a label that um, I co-started with um, Paul from Chain to the Bottom of the Ocean. A little Whoa. shout out. Um, do you know Chain? Not, not very well, oh. but like, honestly, it's just cool that I didn't even know that you were co-running a record label. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a, it's a split that's like 80, 20 or 90, 10, mm -hmm. uh, sort of situation where I'm, um, the 10 or the 20%, but we, um, Chad from perennial and I helped him design the logo and, um, you know, we connected him with some of the bands that are on the label. Uh, yeah, and so we help we help run it um, very little, but have a small important role in it for sure. That's sick. Well, everybody's gonna have to make sure they go support the label too. Then. Yeah, yeah. Howling Frequency. It's got a lot of great bands: um, Space Camp, Maneva, um, Chain to the Bottom of the Ocean. There's a lot uh, brunettes. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a really good label. A lot of heavier stuff. Um, but really great bands, uh, all Connecticut or, or Massachusetts based pretty much. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about your music and everything you're working on, Chelsea. Thank you so much for letting me do some shout outs and, and for all the great questions. It's been fun, Amanda.
Thank you so much to Chelsea for sharing the stories of her and her bandmates, how they're growing as a band, encouraging other people to make music, and so much more. Keep up with Perennial on social media, and if you're in Connecticut, make sure to get out to their show on April 25th with Sheer Mag. There's a link to the tickets and the show's event page in the show notes. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. And if you feel like dropping a tip to the podcast, feel free to drop some over at the Angry Girl Music Coffee page. All of the cash goes to helping with expenses for hosting, a future website, more sponsorship opportunities that I can give to other festivals, events, nonprofits, and so on. So, feel generous? I wouldn't mind a dollar or two. <laughs> All for the podcast growth. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Don't forget, Death Protector Fest is coming this May to Gainesville, featuring a ton of podcast alum and friends. Death Protector Collective with The Alternative, Anger Girl Music, and the Indie Rock Persuasion, The Fest, and Smart Punk Records present a one-day festival all for free on May 11th. Join us at the Backyard at Boca Fiesta and the Palomino Pool Hall to see Dikembe, Little League, Pool Kids, Expert Timing, Woolbright, Nightwitch, and more to be announced. You're going to love the rest of the lineup. I know I do. Check the show notes for links and for more info. Until next week, stay angry and see how you can make shows accessible and all ages.